0: Hi, this is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome to North Star Big Book. We have a bonus episode, season two, where I'm covering topics that keep coming up as a sponsor or a member of AA that I'm addressing. If you ever have a topic you would like me to go over in detail on North Star Big Book, please let me know and I would be honored to go over it. Today we are talking about the 13th step, dating in AA, the two biggest sins we can commit in AA. This is not a comfortable topic. It is touchy and I have a lot of experience with it, unfortunately. So here we go. Just to make clear for anyone who's new or anyone who does not work the steps, there is no such thing as step 13. But 13th stepping is a common joke or oh sorry, reference. Sorry to say it on my dog's leg. Um a certain reference in AA to dating in AA, more specifically going after new people in AA. Sex conduct is messy. Um, our big book talks about how all of us have sex problems, that we would hardly be human if we didn't. Uh, I have written in my big book that the worst place to get dating advice is from the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, that the worst place to date is in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, that it's like shopping for a new car in a junkyard. No offense to all of us. Um, I always joke that I have enough baggage for everybody and I don't need somebody else with baggage. Uh, This is not to say that there are not amazing relationships, partnerships in AA. There are. My parents are married um, and sober a million years and I know a lot of couples that do it really well. I also know a lot of horror stories and I've been part of them. So I want to... Getting in our big book on page 68 and 69 because that's where the big book is talking about the sex conduct our sex conduct is not about all the things that we've done and sharing it with our sponsor it's about finding out how we are using our sex conduct to harm others and specifically this topic is about 13 stepping so a couple of things here none of this is my own i've heard it all from great leads in the past One guy in AA who died sober, Scott Redman, whom I loved and I used as part of my sponsorship family because I would listen to him all the time, he talked about how he was told when he wanted to date somebody or when he heard someone talking about dating new people in AA that it's equal to saying to your sponsee who wants to date a new person, you could date that new person in, in AA or you could go down to the ICU, unplug somebody get on top of them and have sex with them, plug them back in, and it would be equivalent because you're basically going after someone who's dying. And while I love that visual, it is a bit intense, but it's pretty much true. So I do not get involved in my sponsee's sex conduct. Our big book tells us we want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. An an arbiter is a person in power, a person who has sole or absolute power of judging or determining. However, the only place I feel that it's important and it's our responsibility to let the people we're working with know about their sex conduct is if they're going after a new person in AA. And I've, I'm guilty. I did that at four years of sober when I knew better. I went after a new guy in AA. And every single time I read page 87 every single morning, I have to remember when they talk about how We are going to think that we know what God's will is and that we're going to go after something basically believing that it's God's will and that we're going to pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Um, I've done that. I've paid for it. I also used to be one of the people in AA, one of the girls in AA who strong, sober, recovered guys would tell their new sick guys to stay away from Carly because I was like a predator and I went after anyone with a tattoo and you know, piercings and smoking and naive who I could manipulate into giving me my worth and then spitting out and using using them and being done with them and then having no program to fall back on when a relationship ends. And the reason why we don't go after new people in AA is because they're dying alcoholic deaths and they came to AA for help and they did not came, come to AA to have one of us stand in the in between them and their higher power. So one of the ways I like to talk about this with the girls I work with is that when you're new in AA or you haven't worked the steps in AA, you're blocked off from from God in that the mental obsession is what stands in between us and God. And until that person does their steps, so it has nothing to do with a year sober because that's total craziness because if you just don't drink and go to meetings and don't do any work for a year, then you're just going to be a year without drinking and going to meetings and not ready for a relationship. So the way I tell the women I'm working with when they're ready for a relationship is when what they have to offer is actually something healthy Um, our book talks about it being sane and sound. Sane, the definition, is showing good judgment, sensible and practical, and sound is healthy, not diseased or damaged. So if I'm at a place where I can show good judgment, which means for sure I'm not going to go after someone new in AA, where I'm at a place where I can be sensible and practical by saying, huh, do I want to go after that person right now or should I wait until they finish their big inventory steps, they start making amends and they start living a life of 10, 11, and 12 so they can get to a place of security and strength and power with them and their God and they can be useful and they can be free and they can be paying off their debts and they can be having good relationships with their family and friends and they cannot be in such a dangerous position as we are when we're not working the steps. And healthy, not disease or damage, is not going after somebody who's drowning. So if I see somebody drowning in the water, I'm not gonna go up to them and hold on to them because they're drowning. And that's essentially what dating in AA is doing when the person is new or has not done the work. And for me, in my experience, when I didn't listen, I paid a spiritual price and had to make amends to that person, I harmed that person because I stood in the, between them and doing their work because they were so busy dealing with me and my drama and all that, that goes on. The other thing that is really unfortunate when we date an AA, especially if the person is newer and doesn't have strength in a program, is when it doesn't work out, not if, like when it doesn't work out, now meetings become unsafe. The meetings where you guys used to hang out and see each other, now one of the people doesn't want to show up there because you're there or vice versa. And now the place that's supposed to be sacred And a safe haven for them becomes a place where they are trying to avoid a former partner. So what I got to in AA was I finally got to a place where I'm like, I'm just not going to date people in AA. It doesn't mean I feel like that for my whole entire life, but I feel very strongly for myself that I am not going to date people in AA because I want the men and women in AA to feel like I am a safe person that they can come to that is going to want nothing from them other than for them to get better and help other people and where I can become someone they can trust and not feel like they're going to be taken advantage of. And I want to be that for everybody in AA. And if I'm going after somebody with other motives, then I'm not going to be able to be that. And the only other thing I want to say about this topic is there is a guy who died sober. He died 53 years sober, and he talked about how the two greatest sins in AA are, the first one is to interfere with one's own growth. So that means to not do the work that I need to do in order to get better and to get closer to God and to become recovered, which means I no longer have a physical um, allergy to alcohol. I'm no longer, I'm always going to have a physical allergy. I'm not physically needing alcohol and I'm no longer going to have a mental obsession about that. So I don't want to interfere with my own growth. I don't want to stop myself from growing by not doing my inventory work, by not meditating, by not praying, by not doing all the things I need to do. And the other is to interfere with another's growth. So I would be interfering with someone else's growth if I start dating them before they are ready to be dated because they are not sane or sound or leading a healthy life. And as as for sex ideal, we are going to get to that in another episode. I'm going to have my sponsor, Sarah, go over that because she does such a great job talking about sex ideal. But what I would just simply like to say about that is Initially, when I made my sex ideal, which they talk about on page 69, that we want to create um, a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life, and that's not just our physical life, that's our intimate relationship life, is we want to figure out something that is not going to be selfish, something that is not going to unjustly arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness, where we're not going to harm other people. In the beginning when I created my sex ideal, I like basically created like a list of what I wanted my perfect partner to look like, which was a joke because that's not what we're supposed to be doing. And then I had a woman in AA tell me to write 10 character traits I'm looking for in my perfect partner, and they could not include anything on the outside like money or clothes or body or anything like that. They had to be like character traits. And then I wrote them down and shared them with her, and she said... I want you to look at your list of 10 and I want you to put a check mark next to the ones that you honestly feel like you have yourself. And at that time I had like 3 out of 10. And she said until I can have almost all of them, I'm never going to be able to find it in another person because I'm looking for someone else to give me the things that I don't I don't even have in myself. And then it started growing and changing my sex ideal to I would say before the current ideal ha- I have right now, which I'll share in a minute the ideal I had before was that I did not want to harm anybody in any of my relationships, whether myself, God, or others, with my sex with my sex conduct. I don't want to behave in a way that's going to harm anybody. And my sex ideal today, which is 21 years sober, which if I would have had as my ideal when I was 21 days sober, two years sober, five years sober, I would probably have been celibate for my whole entire sobriety. And that is, I will no longer allow anyone to touch my body unless they have touched my soul. I'm going to repeat that because it's a big one. I will no longer allow anyone to touch my body unless they have touched my soul. And for me, because I have trust issues, who doesn't? And I am afraid that if I let you in, you're going to not like what you see and vice versa. Nobody can touch my soul if I don't let them in. I'm not going to let somebody in if I don't trust them. I'm not going to trust somebody until I start trusting them. And we're going to go back and forth. There's going to be mutual trust, which is going to to take time. So before my, my recipe for love was lust, sex, time, trust, and then breakup. And... I had a sponsor who told me the order needed to be time, trust, love. And I cannot build those things when I just jump into bed with somebody. And so my new sexual ideal is I will not allow you to touch my body until you've touched my soul. And that's not going to happen until we've gotten really, really connected and close and emotionally vulnerable and trusting and all of our stuff is laid out, and then it becomes something so different. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it disturbed some of you. I hope it made you uncomfortable because it should. This is about sacred intimacy. This is about AA being a sacred place. This is about the only only time I interrupt my sponsees on their quest for love is if they're going after someone in AA who is not recovered. I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks.